Blog Talk Radio. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I am pleased to tell you about today's show. I have an exciting guest today, and he's going to speak up on how he dropped his nice guy. So we're going to find out about that in just a moment. My guest today is Hayden Humphrey. So maybe you're the type of person who is agreeable, gentle, compassionate, sensitive, and perhaps vulnerable. Now, all these traits are great traits to have, but it might be a mistake to bring all of these skills out at once, or worse yet, too early in the game. So let's uh, bring on my guest, Hayden Humphrey. Welcome to the show. Awesome, Linda. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome. All right. So if you, my audience, have a question or a comment on the nice guy syndrome, please do call in. Our call-in number is 323-642-1677. Again, that number is 323-642-1677. Or you can hit me up on the chat line right here on blogtalkradio.com, blogtalkradio.com forward slash DT Linda Gross forward slash DT Linda Gross. All right, well, let's jump right into it, shall we? Um, sometimes you hear girls say stuff like, I don't want to ruin a good thing, you know, when you ask them to take it further, take it to the next step. Or they say stuff like, I date you, but you're too nice. So what's <laughs> your comeback? What's your thought when girls say stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's totally valid. Um, and you know, the thing that I've really had to understand and learn is how do I stay true to who I am as a man, which is sensitive, is positive, is kind, affectionate, compassionate, you know, and at the same time, also be the leader inside of relationships um, and be really direct about what it is I'm looking for. Because um, I think in, you know, even in the examples that you just shared, that second one, like, oh, I'd love to date you, but you're too nice. You know, really, I, I feel like what the woman's saying is um, you're, you're sweet. There are parts of you about you that are sweet, but I don't necessarily trust you. Uh, and I don't necessarily trust you to take the lead uh, inside of this relationship or meet the needs that I, that I have. Um, so I think that's a totally valid thing. I don't, I don't blame anybody for, you know, for saying that or uh, for, you know, needing to advocate for themselves in that way. Um, you know, I've just, in my own experience, realized that those kinds of um, 
comments and feedback just points to, you know, uh, a, an opportunity for me to look at, okay, how am I not um, being more direct or as direct as I should be? How am I not taking ownership of, you know, who I am and what I want? How am I not stepping up and, you know, taking leadership inside of this um, relationship? So that's, that's really what I hear in, in those, two, those two comments. I love how you take it that way because really it's a wake-up call because if you didn't make her uneasy, she'd be giving you her digits, right? Mm -hmm, Or she'd be mm -hmm. taking it to the next step. So look at it, guys that are listening, look at it as an opportunity that something is a little out of whack and it just needs a little fine-tuning, just needs a little bit of an adjustment. Now, Mm -hmm. who or what? made you think back in the day, I know you're not like this now, but back in the day, mm-hmm. what made you think that nice guy was going to work? Yeah. I mean, that was really the role that I picked up in my family of origin, like inside of the dynamics of my household when I was much younger, um, because I had the sister that I did, because I had the dad that I did, because I had the mom that I did, you know, my role in the family ended up being the harmony bringer. So I was the one that got along with everybody. I was the one that, you know, brought the levity and the positivity and the jokes. Um, and, you know, I got really good at being able to read a room and read the energy of a room and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and so because that's how I, quote unquote, got attention or fit in in my family of origin, that was the strategy that I knew going into high school and college and afterwards. I just didn't know any different. I didn't right. know any different than nice guy. I didn't know any different than, you know, harmony bringer and make everyone happy, you know, at the at the expense of myself. And so it's really only been in the last couple of years that I've started to do more of this coaching and therapy work that I've started to understand that there are components of that that are really valuable. And there are skills that I picked up that, you know, now really serve me in the coaching work that I do and in my relationships and, you know, that sort of thing. But it's a very limited strategy. Um, (laughs) there, There are a lot of things that aren't possible if the strategy that you're using is be nice to everybody and hope that you, you know, that you get what you want. Um, and so, you know, I've now started to understand the implications of that, but it really started when I was much younger and, you know, I learned how to survive and get attention in, in my family. You know what? Those skills are awesome and perfect skills to have in a, fina- in a family dynamic. Or mm-hmm. let's say you're going to college and you've got roommates or whatever. Again, mm-hmm great skills to have in a college dorm situation. It's just Mm -hmm. unfortunately some guys don't bridge the gap that those skills don't necessarily work with women. They work Mm -hmm. eventually, but Mm -hmm. what I teach is like don't show all that like on day one because they freak out. They don't know how Mm. how to react to it. I mean, after you know, several months have gone by and you're already in a relationship, of course, bring those skills back. Mm. (laughs) But initially, Mm. um, she's not looking, you know, for those skills in her deciding factor as to whether she's going to date you or not or go out Mm. with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You know, I I think ultimately it's a balance. Like, you know, I think this is this has been the conversation for me as I've been um, getting more into dating in you know the last couple of years. Is this conversation around what's the balance of authenticity versus like directness? Um, okay. Because 
you know, who I am is um, I am a man who is sensitive, who um, is very in touch with my emotions and, uh, you know, wants to do right by people. And I've definitely tried on the um, what I would call maybe the more like alpha kind of like, oh, let me go on this date and, you know, be very direct and, you know, what have you. Um, And so I, I think all that to say there's a balance. And for me, when I'm thinking about you know, what does it mean to fully embody my own masculine energy? I think it's going to look different for everyone. And it has become a process of understanding the subtleties and the nuances of it. Um, Because me trying to emulate or uh, copy what I see some, you know, very uh, direct or super masculine guy doing isn't going to work for me because it's not authentic to who I am. But there are components of what they're practicing or what they're demonstrating in terms of directness, in terms of confidence, in terms of, um, you know, how to approach and, and talk to women and let them know, you know, what you're about that I can take from and, you know, practice in my own way. Um, but I think it's been a process of understanding, like, what's my version of that um, mm-hmm. versus trying to emulate or form fit into how I think it's supposed to go. Gotcha. If you've just joined us, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show. We're on with my guest today, Hayden Humphrey, and you can find him at HaydenHumphrey.com, HaydenHumphrey.com. Hayden, tell us a little bit about your background and why you wanted to speak up today. Sure. So, um, you know, my background is, I, I feel like it's one of doing all the right things, quote unquote. So mm-hmm. I went to, uh, went to the good college and I got the responsible degree and I, you know, I got the sexy job at the technology company right out of college and, um, you know, realized right around 2017 that um, I was following the script. I was following this idea of what I thought I was supposed to be doing um, in all ways, shapes and forms, you know, not only in my career, but also in my personal life inside of my relationships. Um, And so I decided to leave and, you know, work for myself in 2017. So that's really been my um, work over the last four years has been building this coaching practice and, you know, becoming uh, an entrepreneur. Um, But at the same time, also understanding from a personal perspective, you know, um, how do I want to rebuild and reinvent myself? And I think a big part of that is dropping this nice guy routine and really getting rid of this, this nice guy syndrome that plagued me for a really long time. Um, you know, because a big part of, you know, my growing up and going through high school and, and college was this sense of working really hard, but never being seen. And I think mm. a big piece of that was because I was hiding behind this facade of positivity and niceness and nobody it didn't really feel like people knew the real me because I wasn't willing to be direct and authentic with people. Um, and so, you know, I see this a lot of times with, um, I mean, people generally, but like, especially with men um, who fall into this, you know, same kind of trap and are using the same kind of strategy of, or, you know, and of, of positivity. Um, and so just wanting to share more about like my story, my experiences, and, you know, hoping that it can inspire some people who are out there listening to take a look at, you know, how they're currently approaching their life, how they're approaching masculinity, how they're approaching women, um, how they might be able to do it a little bit differently if they step outside of the, you know, the nice guy routine. Gotcha. So back in the day as a card carrying nice guy person, what mm-hmm. problem do you think you were trying to solve? 
Uh, I didn't think that people would like me. Ah. Ultimately. So my one of my biggest fears is that I'm just uh, an unlovable person, just an innately unlovable person. And mm-hmm. so the strategy for me was, well, if I'm super nice and agreeable and positive and I'm really interested in other people and put everybody else's needs before my own, then in a way I can sort of like, quote unquote, guarantee my um, acceptance or I can like guarantee my belonging. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, ultimately it was just trying to cover, cover up for this fact that I didn't feel like I belonged or I didn't feel like who I was authentically was enough for people. Gotcha. Good one. And at what point did you decide that, hey, nice guy is no longer working for me. I've got to do something about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's a really good question. You know, I think the funny thing about it is, there wasn't any one um, like experience in particular. I think it was just a really long time of having these experiences of um, having my boundaries crossed, doing things that I didn't want to do, being in relationships with people that I didn't want to be in. As a as a more um, you know overt example, uh, when I was much younger in middle school and high school, I would be friends with people that were uh, kind of bullies. But I didn't know any better, and I didn't think I deserved any better. And so that was what I felt I had to put up with. And mm-hmm. so after going through those kinds of experiences and um, you know, finding myself after college living in California, not having a whole lot of close friends or any sort of social circle, I had to ask myself, like, okay, who do I want to be now? <laughs> who do I want to be in my relationships? Who do I want to be in my work? Like, who do I want to be in the world? And I started to understand that who I want to be is somebody who's direct. I want to be somebody who is authentic. I want to be somebody who's willing to ask for and powerfully go after what they want and let people know you know, what's up, how I'm feeling, how I'm thinking. Um, Because to me, those are the best kinds of relationships. Those are the best kinds of, you know, career experiences. Those are the best kinds of clients. Um, And so, yeah, I think it was a lot of just like putting up with uh, this faux niceness uh, and the results that that brought. Gotcha. So this was affecting not only your personal life, your dating life, but I think I'm hearing that it spilled over to your business and professional life as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, (laughs) it can't not, right? I mean, it can't not. You know, I I think who you are in one area to me is who you are everywhere. Um, And so it definitely showed up in uh, relationships and dating, um, being really afraid to let people, let let women know how I was feeling when I was attracted to them, you know, what I was interested in or not interested in. Um, And you're spot on. It also spilled over into me getting hired as a coach, like not being um, willing to say the bold thing or ask somebody to hire me because I was afraid of upsetting them uh, or staying friends with somebody for an extended period of time, even though I didn't really like them, even though, you know, it wasn't even really that great of a relationship, but I was afraid to end it because I was afraid to be honest. So yeah, I was everywhere. Gotcha. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today, we we are on with my guest, Hayden Humphrey, and we're talking about how to be an ex-nice guy and the advantages of that. So when we come back from the break, uh, I'm going to ask Hayden, what steps did he take to get rid of some of these negative 
personality traits, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so Mm -hmm. we will catch you right back after the break. If you have a question or comment on this topic, do call in. Now is the time, 323-642-1677, We'll catch you right back after the break. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Hi, guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and, if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show. You're on with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we are on with my guest today, uh, Hayden Humphrey, an ex-nice guy who's speaking up about the topic. So, Hayden, what steps did you take to rid yourself of some of these negative nice guy behaviors and personas? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, a couple of things that I think were really, really important. Um, The first was resources. So just learning more about uh, nice guy syndrome and people pleasing specifically. Um, So, you know, uh, there's a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. I think it's by Robert Glover. Um, That was incredibly useful and helped me just get a better understanding of why I did the things that I did and why I was doing the things that I was doing, um, as well as an opportunity to reframe and very clearly find um, opportunities to practice doing something different. So actually breaking it up, that was a really good one. Um, Also Way of the Superior Man uh, by David Data, also a really great book. Um, Help me just understand and get a better sense of what it meant to be masculine and the gifts of masculinity, um, where I think sometimes with nice guys, nice guys, and especially myself, um, there's a, a little bit of a villainization of masculinity or some of the components of masculinity, like directness and being powerful and that sort of thing. So I think resources were super helpful. Um, support as well, like left to my own devices, you know, I'll go do the thing that's most comfortable for me. But when I'm in a community of other people who are all also working on themselves or when I'm talking with my therapist or when I'm talking with my coach, 
you know, I have people who are holding me accountable to moving forward in my own growth and development and are also helping me understand my blind spots. So the things that I can't necessarily see by myself, um, they're helping bring it to the surface so that I can actually doing, you know, I can actually do something about it. Um, and then I think ultimately the last thing is literally just practice. <laughs> like it's actually just looking at where are the opportunities for me to um, step out of this nice guy routine, to set boundaries with people, to tell people how I really truly feel uh, about them, um, to ask for what I want, to be more direct. Uh, and in each of those instances, actually taking the opportunity to do it because it's a great thing to learn about. It's really nice. And I hope you, you know, you're inspired in, you know, hearing us talk about this topic, but ultimately the difference doesn't get made until you go out and actually start putting these things into practice. Gotcha. And what was the hardest part to drop with the nice guy image? Um, so I think one of the hardest things, and I think this goes just for identity change more broadly, is that often we feel that if we change who we are, if we change the nature of our relationships, the yeah. fear in the back of our brain is that we will no longer belong. Oh. And so there's this fear, if I break up my nice guyness, if I do something different, if I change the nature of my relationships, I'm not going to belong inside of my community anymore. And when that is the thing that's unconsciously running in the background, um, left to my own devices, right, I'll pick belonging over doing something else. And I think that's what happens with most people is when they feel that their community or their relationships are being put at risk, they choose to continue doing exactly what they were doing. Um, and so I think a really important component of this part of what I said, you know, my last answer was talking about support is mm -hmm. when you're around other people who have been through the same thing, like men's groups are a really great um, uh, resource for this. When you're mm -hmm. around other men who have broken up the nice guy-ness and they can speak to the fear and they can speak to what's on the other side, it's just going to make it that much easier for you when you're looking at, okay, I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to do this thing differently. I don't know exactly how it's going to change the nature of my relationships, but I can trust that whatever ends up happening is actually for the best because either I build a deeper relationship with this person or I realize that this is not a person that I actually want to have in my life. Right. Or if the, I mean, letting go of belonging, that's a huge, <laughs> huge boulder mm -hmm. to get rid of and probably not one that the average person would want to get rid of. So mm -hmm. maybe it's a question of, well, I can keep that sense of belonging, just give up the negative parts of the nice guy. So mm -hmm. just, just coming to like a reconciliation that certain aspects you don't have to give up. Certain ones you do, but <laughs> maybe yeah. that the belonging one is too big of a one that the person mm -hmm. doesn't want to give that up. I mm -hmm. wouldn't want to give that up. <laughs> totally. And I think it's fluid, right? It's a dynamic. This, this, this idea of belonging is dynamic. And I think the cool part about being intentional about breaking up your nice guy syndrome is you then get to rebuild potentially or build a community where you belong at a deeper level because it's more authentic. You are a more authentic person inside of your relationships. So to yeah. me, the, the sense of belonging that I have now is much more deeply rooted because I know that the people in my life know me for who, for who I am. And it's not just the, you know, nice guy facade. Mm -hmm. 
Or another way to do it is, yes, indeed, go ahead and drop the belonging and then circle back to it. Like work through some of your other mm. nice guy issues, and then when you have some of those issues solved, circle back and adopt the belonging aspect back into your lineup. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah, sometimes you have to go to one extreme to get yeah. to the middle, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> we don't yeah. know how, we don't know any better. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if that's what works, that's what works. So mm-hmm. uh, don't mm-hmm. be afraid to to take that step because, you know, if it, if it, if what you're doing doesn't work out, you can always go back and revisit the belonging or whatever. Yeah, I think that's the fundamental thesis is just be in action. <laughs> like if you got right. inspired in this conversation, go do something about it. Right, right. Now, I know a lot of people who have the I need to be like syndrome, which applies to both Mm -hmm. men and women. I think a lot of that has to do with they're afraid to say no. Mm -hmm. Was this an issue for you in dropping some of the negative nice guy issues? Oh, yes. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Yeah. And how did it apply to you? And how did you get past that hurdle? Yeah. So, you know, I think one of the things with nice guys is there, it it almost becomes sort of like a part of your identity in that you are somebody who says yes to other people. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, oh, how, you know, again, how I belong, who I am inside of relationships is I do things for other people. And so the idea of saying no is really difficult because it almost feels like in a really messed up way, like you're taking something from someone else when you say no. And um, I've done a lot of work around uh, boundaries and boundary setting. And so, for example, if we're talking about boundaries specifically, the interesting part about saying no with boundaries is you are taking something because you're taking your time and energy back from other people. But when your go-to persona or strategy is nice guy, it's almost like your time and energy doesn't belong to you in the first place. And so it's one of the hardest things to break up in being willing to say, no, I don't have space for this. I don't have time for this. I'm not interested in you. I can't commit to this right now or, you know, I don't want to take this on um, because it feels like it's a part of who you are. It feels like it's a part of your identity. Uh, And that was definitely the case for me was like, oh, I'm the person that anybody can come to with anything. If you need anything, I'll drop everything and, you know, run out to meet you or, you know, what have you. So I found myself in all these projects and in all these relationships where I was way overextended. I was exhausted. I was doing all these things that I didn't really care about or didn't really want to do. And in a sense, I felt trapped. Um, and after enough of that, after enough of going through that, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of experience, realizing I can't do this anymore. I really need to start to, you know, say no. Um, and you know, it's, it's the awareness of it. It's the understanding of something needs to change and I need to start practicing saying no to people. And I started doing it in safer relationships. So people that I had some pre-existing emotional relationship with, I actually let them know like, hey, I'm practicing saying no more frequently. Um, And so this is something that I'm going to be practicing inside of our relationship. And after getting comfortable there, I started to look at other instances or other areas, people asking for my time for networking um, or people asking to collaborate with me on something or friends asking for things um, and starting to increase the gradient, so to speak, or like the level of difficulty with what I was saying no to. Um, And I found now it's way easier 
Um, it is uh, one of the best things that I've done for myself, like learning to say no and standing by my no, um, because now I can live in integrity, which I think is a really important component of um, divine masculinity and healthy masculinity is um, knowing what you can and can't take on and being willing to live in that truth regardless of how, you know, if it upsets people or if people aren't okay with it or what have you. So um, I think it's been a lot of just practice for me and understanding um, how much more opportunity and energy and time there is on the other side of saying no. I think there is an extreme version of the man who says no, and that makes me yeah. run for the hills as well. I call him the contrarian, where they're just mm-hmm. saying no just to say no. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like that person has my back. So that also makes me run away. Um, mm-hmm. So for the person who is afraid to say no, if you're always the yes man, yes man, yes man, it kind of makes me lose respect for you because it's like, what, you're going to say yes to all these other women out there in the world mm-hmm. too? It's like it mm-hmm. that makes me not feel special. It does. It makes mm-hmm. me feel like I'm not singled out and appreciated by you. So that worries mm-hmm. me too. So it, mm-hmm. there's a balance in the middle that's a nice sweet spot, but the contrarian and the yes man, you know, both of those extremes makes me very uneasy. Totally. The, yeah. Well, I need you to, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And that, that applies to business too. It's like, you know, whether it be a client or whether it be someone that I'm, you know, pitching something to, Again, if it's too much of a yes man or too much of the contrarian, it's like, God, do I really want to proceed here? It just it just mm. raises the antennas. Totally, yeah. And, you know, I think with both of those, the yes man and the contrarian, they're both derived from ego. They're, they're yeah. both ego-driven behaviors. Um, with the yes man, you're afraid of upsetting people and you're trying to protect some mental image that you have of yourself and trying to please people. And same thing with the contrarian. Um, it's an ego-based uh, behavior. And I think you're spot on in that the sweet spots in the middle um, where you're staying true and authentic to who you are, what your worldview is, it, you know, said another way, your truth, whatever that is, you know, in the moment. Um, and you're willing to stand by that regardless of what the circumstances are or regardless of who you're in conversation with. And I've definitely noticed the same thing, you know, to your point earlier around being in relationship with women. It's the same exact thing. They don't want to know. They don't want you to say yes. When you want to say no, they want you to say no. They want you to stand by what your truth is. Because, again, I think especially with more feminine women, um, the idea is they want to feel safe. Um, They want to know that you're going to stand by what you believe to be true in every circumstance. And it's it's a trust thing. If you're saying yes when you want to say no or if you're saying no when you want to say yes – you know, you, that's that's untrustworthy because you're in a, you're lying. You're you're being inauthentic. And you're not fooling anybody. I mean, even yeah. though we might not put, you know, words to the emotion, we definitely as women, we definitely feel something is amiss. So mm-hmm, <laughs> don't mm-hmm. do it because, you know, yes. it's, your, your intentions are still coming through, even though the words are saying something else. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. All right. If you've just joined us, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we are talking with my guest, Hayden Humphrey, and he's an ex-nice guy who's speaking up about this issue. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about should a guy make her work for it, make her earn it? 
You know, because there is this thing where a lot of guys still do want to be like, which is all well and good, but like we're talking about, there is a balance there, <laughs> and some guys take mm-hmm. it overboard. So we'll catch you right back after the break. By the way, I see you in the chat line. If you're too afraid to call, speak up in the chat line, and we'll re- read your comment or question, you know, on air. All right, so that chat line is right here on blogtalkradio.com, blogtalkradio.com forward slash DT Linda Gross forward slash DT Linda Gross. We're going to catch you right back after the break. Hey guys, do you have a nagging problem that you just can't get a handle on? Now you can talk to an expert coach right in the privacy of your own home. Meet in person, over the phone, or with a free Skype call anywhere in the world. Linda is here to make it easy for you. Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Linda's expert advice gets you through tackling relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and removing lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back, usually handled in four sessions or less. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's themensadvocate.com slash coaching. Darn, maybe you missed part of this show. Maybe you're still at work during the show. Maybe you heard the show but would like to listen again. Your problems are easily solved. Listen to any and all of Linda's archived shows at your convenience. Just Google SoundCloud, The Men's Advocate. That's Google SoundCloud, The Men's Advocate. The on-demand library is also available on the TuneIn app. Subscribe now and please share with your friends. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we are talking with my guest, Hayden Humphrey. And by the way, you can find him at HaydenHumphrey.com, HaydenHumphrey.com. We're talking about he's an ex-nice guy who's speaking up today. So there is that guy, Hayden, who is trying too hard to be liked, as we say. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're bragging too much about their job or a skill. Maybe they're paying too much, you know, buying a fancy dinner or sporting event that costs way too much or whatever it is. Mm. What is your thoughts on that? Why are they doing these behaviors? And should Mm -hmm. a guy perhaps take the uh, other approach, which is, hey, make her work for it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think in the the behaviors that you mentioned earlier, what what comes to mind immediately is like, oh, there's an insecurity there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, there is something being compensated for uh, there. And, you know, and I say it jokingly, but, um, you know, I think that likely the underlying conversation that that person is having with themselves is who I am as a person, who I am as a man is not enough. And so therefore I need to compensate. I need to uh, impress the this person, I need to woo this person, I need to, you know, what have you. Um, so I think there's likely, if you find yourself in that situation, there's an opportunity there to take a look at, um, you know, how you might be compensating and the opportunity in bringing more of your authentic self into the conversation. Um, you know, to your point, on on the other hand, like making somebody work for it, um, <clears throat> I mean, my, my, 
I guess my tact or like my mantra is is really all based in authenticity. Um, and so I, I think from that perspective, it has less to do with like, oh, what are, what exactly are you doing? Or like, when do you text this person? Or how, you know, how much do you spend on dinner? Or, you know, what have you? And has more to do with what are your genuine, authentic feelings about this person? Uh, and how can you move forward with them in a way that is um, not only direct and clear uh, about your interest in and uh, wanting to pursue a relationship with them, but also not bending over backwards um, and understanding that I think part of what uh, is really attractive, especially to more feminine women is like, listen, I've got other stuff going on. <laughs> like I'm working, I'm running a business. I have this other thing, you know, these other things that I'm working on in my life. And yes, I do want to create a relationship and yes, I am willing to, you know, set time aside and create time for it. And at the same time, like it has to work with everything else that I'm doing, uh, you know, in my life. Um, and so I think it's less about the like tactics for me and more about in uh, on a case by case basis. Does this feel authentic? Um, does this feel true to who I am? Um, and, and also, is this person uh, being authentic and true with me and respecting, you know, what I'm bringing to the table? Got it. You know, you bring up a good point with regard to compensation, and it may be that the person does need to heal some old wounds there. Maybe the guy mm -hmm. was severely bullied in high school, and that's taken its toll. Maybe he went bald at age 25, and that's taken mm -hmm. its toll. Maybe he's, mm -hmm. you know, short or what, you know, society considers, you know, they don't want somebody that's five foot seven, five foot eight, whatever. Like, whatever the issue is, maybe that's a good um you know mirror to look into to just kind of heal that wound to say that you are enough and you don't yeah. have to compensate doing all these extra extra things to to win her over yeah yeah one of the um one of the things that i struggled with for a long time um was feeling like I didn't know, and this is a very specific example, but uh, feeling like I didn't know what to say when I approached a woman okay. and feeling like, oh, there's a certain thing that I need to say or a way that I need to say it or, you know, the context or, you know, what have you. Um, and, you know, to your point, I think it's very similar to this idea of compensating. I'm trying to do something that's not authentic to me in order to impress someone. And one of the best, one of the best pieces of advice that I learned actually probably like six months ago was the mm -hmm. idea of it doesn't matter what you say to her. What matters is how you make her feel. And that has nothing to do with how you look. It has nothing to do with like what exactly you say. It doesn't have to do with how much money you make. It doesn't have to do with the kind of car you drive, you know, any, any of that really it all has to do with how confident are you in yourself as a man? How, how confident do you feel in your ability to take care of yourself, to take care of someone else? How much do you love yourself? Um, how, how much are you willing to set boundaries and say no and be powerful? Um, and so, you know, to your point around looking at those pieces that you need to compensate for, I think ultimately that's the opportunity is if you can start to get clear on where you're overcompensating and heal those things, you become the person that is uber confident, regardless of what your circumstances are, regardless of how much you make, regardless of what you look like, regardless of, you know, how tall or how short you are. And that's the thing ultimately that, you know, people care about and is attractive to women. Absolutely. And I think more often than not, women are more prone to be emotional based. 
so the concept of how you made them feel is super important. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there was a famous quote, I can't remember who said it, but something about, you know, when you're on your deathbed, no one's going to care about the money that you made or this accomplishment or that accomplishment. It's how you made people feel. How did you make your family members feel about you? And mm-hmm. that's what they'll, that's what the takeaway is. That's what they'll remember. So, yeah, yeah I agree with 100%. you on that. And I think that, you know, the, the, the beauty in that is that how you make people feel is really just a reflection of how you feel about yourself. Oh, and I yeah. think so much of this work is, you know, in talking about, you know, how do you have more success with women? How do you talk to more women? How do you pick up more women? Whatever. Ultimately, it's an internal conversation. It starts with you. It starts with you doing your own internal work, starting to get responsible for your insecurities, your traumas, your fears, you know, what have you, and you not letting those things run the show in your life. And I think what you find then is, um, you know, breaking up this nice guyness and having more success with women or work or money or what have you just becomes all that much easier. Right. And you can start with little things. Start by mm-hmm. taking a look, taking an inventory on things that don't make you personally feel good. So it might yep. be, oh, you're staying up till midnight, but, you know, hey, you got to get up at 6 a.m. the next morning and mm-hmm. you have a meeting going on. So that's not doing yourself any favors. Or maybe mm-hmm. you're, you know, binge watching Netflix and just, you know, going into, you know, mind numbing this behavior, or maybe you're eating too many hamburgers and pizza and drinking too many beers or like whatever it is that's making you not feel and look your, you know, to your optimal level, of course, that's going to spill over on how the woman is receiving you. Yeah, I think one thing that I would offer as as a suggestion too, especially for the people that suffer from uh, nice guy syndrome, is um, one of the best places to start with that internal work is your physical fitness. Um, because in terms of making more money, um, might be a little bit more complicated. You can't make yourself taller. (laughs) You can't necessarily um, buy a nicer car (laughs) or whatever, you know, but like everyone can become more physically fit because literally all it takes is a access to YouTube and a space in your house. And that's it. That's literally all you need to get into better physical shape. And I know for myself, like one of the things, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about what helped me break out of the nice guy-ness. And one of the things that really helped was when I was in high school, I got into really good shape um, because I swam all four years of high school. And um, I was in really, really good shape my senior year of high school. And I noticed that my – the level of confidence – that that brought me and the level of assuredness that that brought me was huge because even if I don't necessarily think that I'm likable or I'm worried about what other people are thinking of me or whatever, I feel better in my body because I feel strong. Um, And so I think for anyone who's listening, you know, if you're struggling, you feel like you struggle with nice guy syndrome and you're looking for some more practical things to do about it. I think getting into better physical shape is available to everybody and it's a really great place to start. I think it's a wonderful place to start, and I think guys are naturally into the physicality of things, and especially a guy who goes to work out at the gym or lifts weight, 
lifting weight adds testosterone to your system. So Mm -hmm. how great is Mm -hmm. that? Because that is the hormone that makes you sexy. So Mm -hmm. in addition to, you know, trimming down your body and making it look good, it's actually feeding this hormone into your body that makes you sexy and attractive to the opposite sex. So yeah, Mm. great place to start. I agree. Yeah. I think anything that you can do to bring out more of your masculine energy is really beneficial. I think weightlifting is a really great place to do that. Um, I think also performing is a really great place to do that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Like anywhere where you can get clear on, okay, these are the parts of – uh, myself that are really important to me as a man. This is my special blend of masculine energy. Like I'm not a hypermasculine guy. <laughs> like I've got I've got a blend of feminine energy too. Um, and so there are some things that just don't you know just don't make sense for me to do. Um, but like I've played around with like um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, martial arts. Um, not necessarily my you know my thing, but weightlifting definitely is, and performing definitely is as well. And that's been a huge you know confidence boost for me. So I think same thing. You know, if you're if you're struggling with the nice guyness, you know, look at where are the situations in which you feel most confident, and how can you do more of that? Agreed. All right, let's move on to her beauty. I think it's pretty much no secret that men are hardwired to look for beauty in her. You know, they're mm-hmm. impressed by her beauty, but I think sometimes go overboard and they gush too much about it, which from the mm-hmm. woman's end can be a turnoff. So mm-hmm. how do you handle that dynamic? I mean, yes, I'm not saying mm-hmm. look for someone who's not beautiful. Go ahead and mm-hmm. still do what you're hardwired to do. But, you know, that yeah. dynamic could kind of, you know, hit you in the face. Totally. So I think I think there's two sides. I think one is you know, in, in what you just shared in oversharing to me, that lands again as compensation, like that lands as I'm, I don't feel worthy of being with this person. And so I need to compliment them and make them feel good so that they'll stay. And that's not a very confident place to come from. It's not a very self-assured place to come from. So I think there's an opportunity there to look at, you know, again, what we said earlier, how are you healing your own insecurities and healing your own traumas so that you can be in a relationship with a really beautiful woman and you let her know that from a very loving place. But you're also clear that you're worthy of being in that relationship. So there's no need to overdo it. There's no need to, um, you know, gush in a sense. So I think that's one piece of it. Um, I will say on the flip side, and I've definitely struggled with this too, is like the um, opposite end of the spectrum, which is not saying anything at all. Mm. It's being so afraid to let people know and let women know that you're attracted to them. Um, And I think that, uh, especially for nice guys, can be an issue. Um, And so it just becomes an area of opportunity, becomes a practice of um, being willing to be direct and open and authentic about when you feel attracted to someone and also being um, not attached to where the conversation ends up going Um, because sometimes I I, I've definitely experienced this too it can kind of feel like a um, uh, like a game or like a 
crap's not the right word, but it kind of kind of feel like a game instead of just like, oh, hey, we're two people talking. I'm going to let you know <laughs> that I find you attractive and I want to continue a conversation with you. And if you don't want that, like that's okay too. So I think there's two sides to it um, in understanding, um, you know, how how you. Uh, let somebody know that you're attracted to them in a way that's based in confidence and security and uh, love, but doesn't overdo it. Right. And I think this could go into a negative territory as well, just like Mm -hmm. the contrarian thing that we were talking about earlier. Um, Not only are some some guys go out of their way to withhold any compliments about her beauty, but they kind of go take it to an extreme. And I know a lot of... um, a lot of male coaches advocate what's called a backhanded compliment. Like, you know, oh, mm. honey, you know, that dress doesn't make you look fat. I kind of like it. Or, you know, I mean, it's mm. like they're actually saying something negative to kind of mm. put her down. I don't know if it's to, like, make themselves elevate themselves or whatever, but I hear a lot of male coaches advocating the backhanded compliment to just throw her off guard. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, my gosh. Well, if you want a really unhealthy relationship, definitely, definitely go there, do right? that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately, you know, that's kind of, you know, you think about more societally or culturally, um, I think those coaches are playing on um, male-female dynamics, um, yeah. which is um, unfortunate. And I think, but at the same time, like sometimes that's the reality of it. So I, I think outside of you know, when you look at that kind of situation, it's manipulation. That's really ultimately what it is. It's you're right. trying to manipulate somebody in order to create an outcome um, versus, you know, again, coming back to this idea of authenticity, um, being real, being straight uh, about when you find someone attractive and like not overdoing it. So, yeah, I'm not at all a fan or an advocate of that. Um, I think most of the like pickup artist kind of um, – uh, scene or culture is very unhealthy and toxic in a lot of ways um, mm-hmm. because it has so little to do with genuine connection and it has so much more to do with um, like manipulation and using people. Um, I get why people are attracted to it because you don't have to be vulnerable like that. That's the attraction of that kind of strategy is you don't actually have to be authentic or vulnerable when you're with a woman or when you're approaching a woman, you can hide behind a performance or a line or a strategy or, you know, what have you, you don't have to bring your full self into the conversation, but it also just means that the result that then gets created, if you create a relationship with that person, it's not going to be intimate. It's not going to be authentic. You're not going to feel genuinely connected to that person. And that's not really what we want. Like, all, all of us are really no. <laughs> looking for that deep-seated you know, intimacy and connection. And that's really only available if you're willing to bring your own authenticity and vulnerability to the table. Right. Because again, it's not about balance. And you're creating a wall in your relationship that doesn't have to be there. So Bingo. Um, again, it's more about you rather than the negative Mm. compliment that you're giving her. Yep, exactly. Right. 
All right. Well, Hayden, um, I'm going to, my listeners, by the way, I'm going to, after the show, I'll put the links to uh, Hayden's website, uh, HaydenHumphrey.com, HaydenHumphrey.com, so you can go to my social media, which is right here on Blog Talk Radio or Facebook, IG, whatever, Twitter, it'll be all there, so I'll put that so you can just click and go. So um, if one of my listeners does want to contact you, uh, what can they look forward to? What areas do you like to cover? Who's an ideal mm-hmm. candidate for you? Say a totally. little bit about so, your business. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So I work as a life and leadership coach. Uh, I mainly work with solopreneurs and small business owners. So people that have been in business for a couple of years, um, they're financially successful, um, but the other areas of their life are suffering. So they're super overwhelmed. Um, They don't take care of themselves, don't prioritize themselves. Um, They feel like they never have enough time. uh, And they don't feel like they have many close, intimate, personal relationships. Um, And so my work with people spans a pretty broad spectrum of topics and areas. And we'll end up talking about career and relationships and money and, you know, taking care of yourself and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of what I like to tell people about the work that I do with people is it's not about fixing your problems. When I work with people, I'm not fixing their problems. I'm helping them become the kind of person that doesn't have those problems to begin with. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge difference because down the line, uh, you know, if a structure or an exercise that a coach gives you doesn't end up applying to a later, you know, problem, you're kind of screwed versus if you become a different person on the other side of us working together, that stays with you, you know, the whole rest of your life and any new, um, you know, issues or problems that you run into. So um, best way to contact me is via my website. Um, I just I love connecting with people. Um, I'll usually just do uh, an intro call to give people a sense of if we're even a fit to work together because I'm really selective and um, who I work with. I have a pretty small practice. Um, but most of the information um, can be found on my website or on my social media. Do you have any closing comments to the guy that maybe currently is a nice guy and is realizing that, hey, some of these attributes are not serving me? Closing comments for that person who's listening. Yeah, um, it gets so much better. (laughs) It can can get so much better um, if you're willing to do the work. Um, And, you know, part of what really, I think, scared me for a long time was I felt that if I leaned into some version of myself that wasn't as quote unquote nice, that again, I wouldn't belong or I would upset people or I would be alone or, you know, I would be a jerk or what have you. And the cool part is I've found that because I'm doing the work that I'm doing, I've been able to take the best parts of this nice guy Um, version of myself and blend them with a much healthier, a much more powerful, a much more direct and much more balanced um, version of myself as as a man. Um, So there is an opportunity. You can have it all. You can have the kindness and compassion and the joy and the playfulness and also have the power and the strength and the courage. Um, So, you know, whatever you do, regardless, like take some action, whether it's reading a book or talking to somebody or joining a men's group, um, just commit to being on the journey and in the process of, you know, breaking up the, the nice guyness. Awesome. 
Well, I want to thank you again, Hayden, for joining our show. I really appreciate it, and I hope our people, our listeners, will contact you. Um, By the way, listeners, if you happen to have missed last week's show, we were talking about toxic women. So it seems like Western women today have more rights, more freedom, more choices, and more privilege than any other time in human history. But in spite of it all, women today are actually less happy than their ancestors, whom the feminists perceived as being oppressed. And furthermore, many are becoming increasingly unstable and toxic as they poison themselves and others with this ideology that is called feminism. So that's what we talked about last time. If you missed the show, you can listen right here on Blog Talk Radio on the archives or better yet, you can go access all my whole six-year library of my shows on iTunes, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Aside from that, if you're not on those platforms, just type it into your search engine, The Men's Advocate Show, The Men's Advocate Show, and hopefully our podcast will come up in your favorite podcasting platform. I want to thank you again, and everybody, we will uh, have a few closing comments here, and we'll... Stay with us for a second. Thank you for listening to our show today. I really appreciate it. Please tell your friends and family. There's lots of ways that you can show your love. If you happen to like our show today, you can listen, call, subscribe, chat, like our fan page, follow, comment, share, tell a friend, advertise with me, start with my Amazon link, download my app, and buy my book on Amazon. What's the name of the book? Well, it is The Science of Mastering Women, The Science of Mastering Women, The Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever. All right? The Science of Mastering Women, The Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever. Where can you get it? On Amazon. You can download in a few seconds or what most men do is they request Amazon to send you the paperback, which takes about five days or so. But I think what they do is when you do that, you automatically get the ebook, so you get two for the price of one. Might as well just do that while you're waiting around for the five days. You can start in on the ebook, so you actually have both formats right there. So that's what I would do. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can download that ebook. For free, all right? So make that happen. Okay, I want to give a shout out to one of the sponsors of my show, Aaron Clary. He has a recent book out. It's called The Book of Numbers, The Book of Numbers, Analyzing the ROI on the Pursuit of Women. You can find it on Amazon. That's The Book of Numbers. He also has a terrific podcast, so check him out, Aaron Clary. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our show today. Please tell your friends and family to check us out, and we will catch you right here on Blog Talk Radio next week on the Men's Advocate Show. Bye for now.